You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Bulldog Hour's fifth season. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here, and it's crazy we've reached that point of the year. Yeah, here we are. It's an important episode because we're actually previewing a game. Yeah. And it's August 18th. We're more than halfway through the month of August. It hit me when I started realizing that next Friday's weather was appearing in the weather app. Um, (laughs) So a few days ago, like starting to realize, like I was looking at what's the weather going to be like on Friday. So yeah, because that's a it's a big deal. We don't want it to be wet or too hot. We want it to be a nice, you know, nice crisp late summer Last time I checked, evening. Next Friday was like high of eighty, low of fifty seven. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, sounds that would, good to that would me. Be great. I saw um, one of uh, Wilson's former coaches and a former player as well. Uh, Matt Vitodian sent out a picture of uh, somewhere in Berks County and around this area. I don't know if it was Y Missing, Singing Spring, where it was, but he uh, showed a bunch of uh, leaves on the ground and wanted to know, is it August or October? It's like, <laughs> either way, it's a good time of the year because no matter what, there's Wilson football in all of those months. And we have the first regular season game coming up on Friday, August 23rd. It's at Gursky Stadium against Central Dolphin. We'll get into the... Uh, the Rams preview in a few minutes, but we're going to focus most of our time on the scrimmage and talk about a few other things that happened this week. But as usual, we have uh, just, you know, our normal housekeeping stuff that we want to go through, make sure that we uh, hit everything and uh, get information out for everyone to know. Uh, We do want to thank our show sponsors, again, May Sandwich Shop and our one anonymous donor this year for this season of the bulldog hour and there are a variety of ways you can support us besides sponsorship and advertising and the in-kind donations we do appreciate if you visit bulldoghour.com our website you can not only find stuff about the show there but a variety of stats and history on the wilson football program and i always have as many of the up-to-date announcements that the uh, football program wants me to put out you know throughout the spring it was all about the golf tournament and then we had uh, stuff about the 7-on-7. Seven seven. And finally, right now, you can still get links to the uh, flag football information for the, for the very young kids. The ones that are entering kindergarten and first grade are eligible for the flag football program. And uh, get that stuff in now because flag football starts, uh, I believe, after the third game, after the uh, Springford game, I think the uh, the Saturday after the Springford game is the first flag football session uh, on the Wilson High School campus. And then finally, of course, like always, Justin's favorite, spreading the word. Yeah, like and share. And uh, continue to do so. There's a lot of hits on the, the Wilson Bulldogs football page on Facebook this last week. There was a lot going on, so I appreciate uh, all the uh, likes and shares on there. Yeah, I think this is what, three shows in a week for us. Yeah, I did. I and, said, and, and because and because we're doing it in the afternoon today, right? Like, yeah, it's right. I said that it's I, even like it's truly exactly it's truly three shows in less than a week. So if you wanted Wilson football and you wanted the Bulldog Hour talking about Wilson football, this was the best week you've ever had. So <laughs> uh, our next live show will be. Just over a week from now, just a few hours past a week from now, on our normal time, which is 8.30 on Sunday evenings, Sunday, August 25th, we will be recapping the game against Central Dolphin and previewing the Governor Mifflin game. Yeah, that's, it's crazy. And then, you know, I, I know it's still a weird transition for lots of people. I know I kept, uh, some people kept asking me, multiple people kept asking, like, all right, well, when's the first game? And I kept saying, like, the 23rd and i think they just thought i was wrong and i'm like right no it's the 23rd and everybody's like when did that happen i was like this is not Forever. the first year of it <laughs> right, stop it yeah but. so uh, i mentioned this week there was a lot going on well the beginning of the week was the start of camp yeah like three-day camp got kicked off 6 30 monday morning um not just the football team but almost every sports team that gets started was there uh doing a variety of work around the uh, the high school and and the district campuses 
and uh, that continued throughout the week. Then Friday was picture day, so we got to see everyone in their uniforms, including the brand new home red uniforms that the team will be wearing this year. I think they look really nice. Uh, Matt Bender did a great job yeah. uh, getting those uh, created and here on time and ready to go. And you can see I took a picture of the seniors at the Gursky Stadium statue. That was a lot of fun. It's a big senior group. I think there's what, 26, at least 26 seniors on this team. So it's a very senior-heavy roster, which is uh, it's a good thing to have. When you have the, the players that have gone through it for this many years, and they've been in it, it's a, it's a good sign. And we heard them say when we talked to uh, the players a few weeks ago, that they're they're leading by example and leading as a group. They're not individualizing anything, and uh, that's excellent. Yeah, and, and a number of the things that we talk about every year, um, you know, but you can look at the picture and you just see it with some of these guys that, you know, you have a, a really good mix of there's a lot of experience there. Uh, there's a good number of these guys have played a bunch over the last few years, um, which is great. But there's also some of those guys who have had their moments here and there but have kind of put their time in and now they're seniors and the the door is now open you know and it's, it's their opportunity um so it's exciting to see uh you know see them get their their chance to shine here and, and hopefully they can step up yeah it was a great session with vsn photography they did a, a great job with all the pictures and uh, here's the my picture from earlier in the week uh the first day of practice the sunrise over the uh, over the campus it was a it was a great morning for for uh, football. So, all right. I think we covered everything there. I don't know that there was anything else. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did want to showcase uh, these pictures. So let's uh, let's pull them up. At the uh, end of the week, um, right after picture day, I went back through um, my archives or people that have provided me with information, and I tried to grab all of the senior players who have had family play at Wilson, you know, father, grandfather, uh, whatever it may be. And uh, I believe we ended up with seven. I went into the day thinking five, and I, I found a six, and then it was notified of a seventh. Uh, the first one here, Danner family, I didn't realize that that Nick um, was in the district this year as a senior, and his uh, dad, Josh, played on the 92-93, the, the, uh, like in that area, class of 94. So uh, Nick and Josh Danner, and then we have – uh, if I can change the picture, then we have the Gibble family. You know, obviously Brett's a coach now, kicking coach. He was also a kicker in the late '80s, and now his son Brady and Alex are playing for the Bulldogs. Also, the Williams family, Nick this year and his dad Lee, Freeman family, Tyler and Rick. Oh, that one. There we go. Keller family, Nate, and his grandfather, Michael. That was a cool one. Uh, it's kind of amazing how much of a family resemblance they have there, uh, <laughs> yeah. over 60 years apart. Uh, and I talked to Nate about this. He said that when his, his, he said when his family saw it, they just couldn't like, it was, it was so great. And the best part is like, this wasn't like, I didn't show Nate the picture. Right. Like I was just like, Nate, I need you to stand here. And and he was like, okay. I was like, hold this helmet. And he just gave me a look and that's the look. And when I pulled it up, I was just like, that is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And, uh, Benino, Adam, his dad, Kevin playing on those great teams in the early eighties, some of Gursky's best. And uh, the Wildman family, Johnny and his father, Kurt. So, and then we're back to the group of seniors. So that was fun uh, on Friday going to picture day and then putting the, uh, the tradition, you know, family legacy collection together was a lot of fun. So, but again, all this stuff is on the Facebook page at Wilson Bulldogs Football. Find it on there, posting stuff uh, throughout the season and off season, but you definitely want to uh, to like that page and follow us on there. So without wasting any more time talking about these kind of things, let's move on and talk about the main event, which is the Parkland scrimmage. If I can just pull up the tape here and get going talking about that. And we're just going to kind of let this play and uh, talk about it as it goes on, not necessarily highlighting any plays, Right away, we're just going to play it as is, and Justin and I will give our take on how the team looked. So the JVs went up first. I don't. There's no film on, on the JVs, I don't believe. Uh, but they were up first at 9.30. They played for about 45 minutes. 
Uh, and then the varsity got started around 10.30. It was a nice, you know, hour plus of uh, Wilson versus Parkland, which has been going on now for, I think, almost possibly uninterrupted for over 30 years, maybe longer, as I talked to it with wow. Brett Gibble saying, you know, I remember in the early 2000s us playing with Parkland in the scrimmage, and Brett was like, I think we played Parkland in the scrimmage in the in the late 80s. So uh, Wilson-Parkland has kind of been a scrimmage matchup for decades now, and it's, you know, it's a great matchup for both teams just because they're both, well, very established programs, a lot of tradition, and really kind of work with the uh you know reload not rebuild there's always a new wave coming through so it's always a great barometer and now that it's the only scrimmage it makes it even more important to uh figure out where you're at now this parkland team is uh you know one of the favorites in the in their league and also to win district 11 so they uh you know on paper and the expectations from you know, the media in the Allentown area is that this Parkland team is very good. Well, I had, I honestly forgot until um, yesterday when I was looking at some other stuff um, on- online after the scrimmage, I saw that I, I forgot that uh, Parkland has some of, um, you know, they have some D1 talent on, on that roster, which is not a surprise. I mean, I feel like they do often, you know, yeah. that's not, that's not. Uh, rare, but you know, I just wasn't thinking of it yesterday morning when when we were there at the scrimmage. The, the, well, I mean, their left tackle was six three three hundred. Nick Dawkins going to Penn State, and yeah. if that name sounds familiar, it's because oh, he's the son of Daryl Dawkins, right? So yeah. uh, we were joking to some of the coaches about how they were probably calling him Tiny in the family because <laughs> yeah. he's probably the smallest member right. of the, the Dawkins right. family. But no, obviously. Uh, very strong. They had a lot of big, big guys on the line, including Nick, but not limited to just him. Uh, they also had a bruising running back or two that would not go down. Yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, if he's the same guy that we faced off against four years ago at West, we're very familiar with his style of play and just going through the system, getting bigger and stronger. Uh, he was a bull. He it was, was. It was interesting, especially early on, because he really, um, early on. I mean, he. It, it took a little bit to get up to speed, um, a little bit, I think. And, you know, it's just, it's just different. And he, he was running, uh, intensely. Let's, let's put yeah, it that way. For sure. Um, for sure. But I was, I was really pleased at how, um, after, at least after early on, that it, it didn't look exactly the same. You know, yeah. like early on, he was running. You're like, okay. I am um, going to, I'm going to see he, if I can jump ahead maybe to the game situation rather than the 10 but and 10s. He, um, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting then about how that just kind of uh, worked itself out. So this, we should be getting closer now to uh, the game situation here. So let's uh, take a look at this a little bit more because the team did have a little bit of a, a rough start. I mean, it wasn't bad. Like I wasn't like, oh boy, you know, I wasn't getting anxious or nervous about things because it, there were just there were some ups and downs. Uh, but you know, more importantly, the coaches were mixing a lot of people in. They didn't necessarily play who they believe are going to start immediately. They had some backups, you know, thrown to the fire during the 10 versus 10 session. You know, and they went through that, I think for a grand total of 60 plays, 30 offense, 30 defense, uh, took a little break, got reorganized, sent the starters out. And I think I honestly, I think they shocked Parkland a little bit when it got the game situation. Yeah, I, I was, um, you know, it, it was interesting you know, kind of seeing, we, we talked about it a little bit afterwards, but then, you know, we had to kind of get going, but, um, it, it, I thought it was interesting to see how things changed, even just after the first couple series or so, you know, um, you know, cause early on, you know, everybody is kind of just kind of getting used to playing someone other than against them, you know, their own defense and, and stuff like that. Um, but I, yeah, I was pleased when, you know, Wilson kind of hit their stride and, and definitely, I think, um, you know, had some moments where they looked looked pretty good. Yeah, we got to see a variety of uh, of attempts and offensive styles. We saw, you know, we saw your standard runs, we saw your option runs, we saw short passes, we saw some deep passes. We got 
um, we we got the defense to move a few times, which I thought was great. It showed discipline yeah. from our players and, um, you know, a snap count and something that you can just use to your advantage. Hey, picking up five yards, people may scoff at it. but uh, well, And one of the key things then, too, is you also, if you can create just a a moment, like a moment of hesitation on on the defender, you know, to like give, not give get your off the guy ball an extra quite step. as quick, you know, just even one time, like that is huge then, you know? So yeah, I, I kind of think like basketball, when you have a guy that can block lots of shots, it's not just the shots that he blocks. It's also the ones that he alters or that people don't take now because of that. And if you can get somebody to, you know, hesitate for a second or something like that, then it just, it changes everything. Right. So. And I'm going to walk that yeah, last one I know the coaches back. are still on the field here, so I know this isn't. Yeah, this is, uh, let's see here. So uh, this, this play stood out. Um, we did see Caleb Brown start at quarterback for both 10 on 10s and the, the game situation. And, and this was a huge play that he was able to, do with his athleticism and, and his feet. I know the coaches were telling him to get out of bounds, don't take the hit, but he just showed his elusiveness there and his ability to extend the play because uh, yeah. he was able to sense the collapsing pocket and you know the defender closing in on him, and he spun out of it, made a guy miss, and you know instead of losing 7 to 10 yards, he picked up, what, 25, 30 yards right. on, uh, on a broken play. Yeah, and the, you know that's that's something that, uh, you know, can be beneficial. Obviously, you hope you don't need too much of it, but then um, you also have um, the moments where you're going to need that. Right. And, uh, you know, there was a, there, there were some, you know, for as many as good things as there were in the game, there were miscues as well. Still and plenty of things to work on. And uh, Coach Dom said as much uh, at the end, you know, he gathered around. I mean, he congratulated them, said it was very successful, it was a good scrimmage, there was good things, but there were bad things. And But he said everything can be corrected. There isn't right. a huge deficiency that they're going to be trying to avoid. And that's one of the things I think that, I, that stood out to me, and I think I mentioned that to you right after the game was, yes, uh, you know, not the game, the scrimmage, but yeah, there were lots of things that we can um, work on, but at the same time, um, the things that I felt like, oh man, we really need to kind of look at this or work on this are all areas that, that I don't want to say it's a quick fix, but things that can be addressed in the normal progression of things. It's right. not like it's not like it left yesterday and be like, oh man, this is an area where we're in trouble or this is an area where I don't know what we're gonna do or there's none of that, which is which is a positive thing. Especially when you're going against a team like Parkland, like we mentioned, that in theory is going to be able to expose those things if they exist in in your on your team. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you have a D one lineman out there if he's just manhandling and you can't even get a playoff, you know, because he's just collapsing, you know, or he's collapsing one side of your line every time. Right. That's a problem because I don't know what you're going to do about that. If now, fortunately you're not going up against D one lineman every, every week, but in section one and in our non-conference, we're going up against a number of uh, guys that are going to be playing in college. And so it, it's just, I was really pleased with that in that regard. Right, for sure. Now, um, what do you think was the biggest biggest positive, uh, maybe positional group that you uh, thought really shone brightly yesterday? Um, and this would show no. This doesn't. I think oh, I'm fumbling over my words. Great. Um, I think the running back position looked really good, strong yesterday, and like in our interviews uh, with players and coaches. Um, they kind of mentioned it's there are some guys, some of the names you know, like Avanti um, is there, and um, you know, AJ, who played some last year at running back. I, I think specifically to the Hemfield game mm-hmm. at uh, the Running Fightin' Stadium, you sure. know, when AJ was just running over guys. <laughs> like, yeah. Man, he was running like a man possessed in that game. Um, but you also saw guys like Jaden Jones got some carries yesterday, looked good. Uh, Mason Leonard. Uh, got some touches yesterday and looked good. Um, that's one area that stuck out to me. Um, another, and this is this will seem simple, but uh, the way Jack Wagner was booting the ball through the uprights. Isn't that with the ease, awesome? You looked at 
Parkland. Parkland had three guys out there. Now Wilson had two, because I think is is Did, Josh Shutter was out there. And no, he, no, uh, jo- Jordan, no, Jordan, no, no, um, no. I don't believe Jordan was there. They don't want to start his. Oh, he's a nice clock. Right. He's right. a freshman. They talked about pulling him there, up. There as was an option. someone else. I just didn't. It, I, it was um, Welker. Oh, okay, okay. I saw someone else was out there and. Are you trying to wreck the place? Every, every week, man. Um, and kick the extra point, I think. But I think Jack just did the, the field goals when they moved around from side to side. Jack but, made everything. Right. And he, and he was able to do it. And you saw Parkland was running three guys out there almost like, we don't know who's going to kick for us yet. Now, I don't know that that's their situation at all. But like... Wilson knows. Having a spot having a spot like that, kind of being having a comfort zone there is, is huge when you're talking about... Um, you know, is that going to matter in every game? Hopefully not. Uh, but will it matter in some? Almost definitely. Right. You know, so I, it kind of gets overlooked in the scrimmage because they just they don't really do it, and then at the end they just kind of line up as mm-hmm. as people. Are well, it wasn't a full rush. Like you know, the right. guys no, were just taking a couple stuff. steps, but with you know a little bit more pressure than just you practicing yourself right. with your coach or whatever line up you know you're able there was a game environment there was all this stuff going on so there was a it was a lot to like and yeah, we'll, we'll I, talk about I jack a little later we'll get to his uh video but now we're in game situation if you're watching along here with us this is game situation now they're you know you're playing four downs there are refs on the field you're playing with a time clock which we heard coach dom say last week is different yeah. because it's now Honestly. 40 seconds basically continuing right. to run and they're, i think I noticed it with how quick, at least the way Wilson runs, you know, quarterback pretty much runs the play and goes over to the coach, gets it and everything. Um, but how quick, like, and you, I pointed this out when I was in, in the booth, the plays where you notice it the most are the long incomplete passes. Um, because there were a couple times and almost every time, both sides, that clock was getting low after a long incomplete pass. So, because that clock starts so soon, you know, it's it's just it's going to be something that's interesting, um, something to work on. Um, I'm sure the officials actually like the practice of that, too, because it's it's new, it's new for them, them too. Right. right. I so. think one of the things you'll see, and I believe I might have jumped too far. I don't think I had uh, the series where the offense had the big run by Avanti for the touchdown. So I'll, we'll go back and try to see that. But uh the Wilson defense caused two fumbles, I think, on the Parkland's first two series. Yeah. Um, you know, may, you know, maybe you could say that it was more of a Parkland issue. It wasn't forced fumbles, but you know, it still counts. Right. And the Wilson defense really held Parkland in check uh, when the when the starters, you know, the ones those guys were out there. The defense really looked good against Parkland. Yeah, yeah, and that that was good, and that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier, where. The first series of the ten plays, you know, ten plays. The ten and ten, the running ten back, turns. like he he was moving the ball, and and they've got talent a lot of different places. Um, I mean, and they've got size. Look at the wide receiver at the top of the screen. Yeah, you know, I saw him big, when they were warming boy. up. So like they've they've got talent, and it's not like they didn't get first downs or anything, but that's going to be expected. But the defense, I, yeah, I thought they looked good, and I look thought they looked like they improved and kind of got up the speed a little bit during the scrimmage, which mm-hmm. which was huge because, um, you know, I think that's that's one of the things, one of the difficulties is ramping up from all that summer work and all this hitting. I know they're hitting and all that stuff, you know, in camp and all of those things, but to go live against someone else when you don't know the play that's coming or don't know the personnel quite as well, even with, you know, because you're not going to do film study game right. for, no, you for a scrimmage, for this, right? No. Um, so, you know, to just kind of go out there and make plays is, is huge. Yeah. So, uh, I, I can't recall in 10 and 10s. I don't remember if, I think Parkland scored once in 10 on 10s. Did, I think they did. did. Maybe score? I thought they scored is on that the one, third one. Did, like, did, I think. Yeah. Cause we stopped them the first time. Right. They didn't score within the 10 plays. Right. Uh, I think Wilson scored. I think was that when Jaden scored? It was during ten on tens. I think. Yeah, I'm getting confused, but I think ten on tens was pretty even, at least in terms right. of there scoring. There were so many plays. Uh, but yeah, you do so many plays. You know, there's thirty on each side of the ball for each team, so there's a lot going on. But you know, it seemed for the most part, if you had to grade, you would say no, Parkland had better. Oh no, run. there's yep. there's the run. So good, we didn't miss it. But I feel like I feel like on our first series. Avanti, uh, like 
We, ran, we ran had 10 a, yards, yeah. was like getting tied up and then leveled somebody. <laughs> like to have a, a running back who can run over a guy, but also run past everybody that, you know, that's huge. But like I said, it, he looked good yesterday, but there were, I thought the depth that we heard about in some of our interviews really mm-hmm. kind of yeah. uh, was able to show there. Yeah, we saw multiple guys rotate in through the secondary, but I think someone that I was most impressed with because he got to play a lot on both sides of the ball, both with the starters and the reserves, was uh, junior Matt Schrufer. Yeah. He was was all over the place. Uh, He got a little bit of, uh, you know, extra time because uh, Ethan Cavitano wasn't available yesterday. So he got to see some time at defensive end and he looked really good against a really strong Parkland front. He also got to fill in uh, offensive tackle throughout the day. So uh, he was a bright spot. And we actually heard, I believe it was, there's the second Mm -hmm. fumble. Actually, that might have been a third fumble because Wilson already, I think, recovered two. And there was another, another miscue by Parkland. But um, I believe it was Coach Wolber who mentioned Matt Schrufer as being someone that they were excited about, and, and he definitely looked the part against Parkland. And if you can do it against Parkland, uh, that's a good sign for the uh, first four weeks of the season because you're talking about teams that are you know generally they, right, right up there with They them. would fit right in. Like, yeah. If you sub them in or out with any of the top four, or for, top four, but like those first, first four. four, when I look at the schedule, they tend to be at the top. Um you know those first four games, those non-league games, that they they would fit right in there among the top of those teams. You know, so um, you know Parkland's a team that's always playing well into November usually, mm-hmm. and and they usually have aspirations to be playing longer than that. And so I think that's part of what you mentioned earlier. That's why it's a perfect. This is a perfect kind of setup for this scrimmage. It really helps both teams. Both teams know what they're going to get. It's a little different than um, some of the things they may see, you know. Um, and honestly, this is a small thing, especially between how much things can change between middle of August and late November, early December. But um, these teams wouldn't play each other until the state <laughs> right yeah you so know like making the joke like hey if you see parkland again you had a pretty good year right like you're, you're you're playing in the yeah. state t- title yeah. game you'd but have like to you, be. you you don't want to go and necessarily show your hand to the teams you're going to be playing in your league or you know anything like that like that doesn't really make sense for a lot of teams unless you're kind of desperate there but um so you know what? The press box cameraman leaves a lot to be decided sometimes. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably shaking the rust off, too. Give him a break. He's, he's got to get back in the swing of things, too, huh? Yeah. So I think we're now in the second quarter, and now both teams started to um, are getting ready to put in some of their backups or second-team guys, rotate them in uh, into game situations to get them up to speed. So uh, the Wilson end wasn't as crisp as the first quarter was, but that's to be expected. Yeah. But I, I mean, it was a very good scrimmage, I think. And, you know, very briefly talking to the coaches in passing, I think they were very happy. I already mentioned what Coach right. Dom said at, at the end. So I think for the first time in a few years, they were very pleased coming out of uh, training camp and uh, and this first scrimmage. They think uh, – I think they believe that they're uh, – that they're ready to go. And, you know, there's always things to clean up and get better at and make changes. And you're going to finally get that game plan – in right. place now for Central Dolphin. Right. But, you know, I, I think everyone should be happy with the way things went yesterday. Yeah. Um, I, th- I feel like we, we've kind of hit on it now, but there is lots of positives, plenty of things to work on, but that's to be expected any, anytime, especially in the preseason scrimmage. You know, you hope that, you know, obviously we, we have a game on Friday. So um, you hope that when we're looking at the film from next Friday, game you know there's still going to be some things we need to sure up but you hope that some of the things that we saw happen in the scrimmage that we've corrected those and then we have those in place ready to go and if we do that and then you do that for the next week and do that for the next week that's when we've talked about this over and over and that's when it comes october and you're really hitting your stride and that's great and that's all finding and you know everything but those first four don't really allow for you to just go out there and Show up. And then, honestly, the beginning Not of the league all. schedule isn't, isn't yeah. a joke. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, because we well, we anticipate Central Dolphin being a bear. Right. Same thing with Manheim Central. We're certainly not overlooking Governor Mifflin or Springford. No. And then you got one week in between, and then it's Manheim Township, right. which is like base is you know the game of the week of the year, like right, right there right. for that one. Um, I know that I large amount of Wilson players went to Mannheim yeah. on uh, on Saturday evening and last night because Mannheim Township and Mannheim Central played each other. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see both of those in, you know, in a three-week period, we'll play both of those teams. Thankfully, both at Gursky, which this is time. great. Uh, yeah, after last year. We won't have to eat pizza in a dark parking lot after <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's right. They turned the lights out on us. Um, <laughs> they were so mad. Yeah, we, so... Everybody uh, but the owner was mad that we... That's true, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I didn't hear from any of the players or coaches or anything, just from other people that were in Mannheim for that. Um, they said Mannheim Township looked very good. And Manheim Central struggled a little. Now, yeah. is that because Manheim Township is very good? Or is this a, you know, is this going to be a year where Manheim Central takes a step back? That it's play right hard there to say. was what? also a big one. Sorry. When not, Eli not came across and dislodged but, the ball. Yeah. But also, I saw that. That was an example of it. That kind of really on clear display. But I noticed a lot of our guys in the secondary on a number of plays didn't panic when it got, you know, when the ball was coming their way and, right. and made some plays and made some hits. Now, they had some guys make some great catches yesterday, too, you know. So you're going to have that, though. And if they make a great catch, sometimes that's all you can really do. Right. A great throw, great catch. You know what? But we had some guys make some great plays back there, too. So, yep. We did for sure. Right so there, timing was yep. perfect. I'm gonna jump ahead and let's see if I can. If they recorded, did you record the, the I kicking? I recorded you, everything to okay. the end. Yeah. Let's. Uh, let's they kicked some, first. Yeah. So. so let's think. This is that's. Were, yeah, that's them kicking. It's still them kicking. Oh, there's more than 200 plays. Not used to that. Well, <laughs> we did do all the JV ones. Okay, then everything. we started watching the JV games. That's okay. That's cool. Let's go. This should probably be close. Yeah, this is us now. So. Let's take a look at some of the kicks. Um, what well, uh, that is definitely Wagner there. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So Jack Wagner is uh, definitely a uh, a great weapon to have. He's only a junior. Um, you can get all your jokes out of the way about a lineman being a kicker. Uh, he's proven it time and time again. He was thrown into the fire last year. You know they tried to have a kicking camp before last season because they weren't sure if he was going to be able to do it. Uh, he ended up kicking, um, I think, seven field goals on the year, including a 42-yarder yeah. at McCaskey. Uh, he tells me In now. In ideal conditions at uh, McCaskey Yeah, right, you're like, right. And he says now, because I asked him, I was like, what's your range now? And he's like, ideal conditions, I can hit 55. So now, obviously, game situations, not ideal conditions, depending on the weather and no. your nerves. But right. we'll see what he's able to do. But yeah, there's Swelker right there kicking. Yeah. The, so he he's the reserve. He's the guy that is uh, there in case uh, Jack is not able to go. But Wagner uh, bounced around the field and he nailed every field goal that they threw at him. Right. So uh, and again, he's only a junior. He's gone to a bunch of kicking camps. He's working with Coach Gibble, and uh, he has improved um, his technique and his accuracy. Yeah. From a year ago, it was. Yeah, he was on point here at the end, and and that was great. That's exactly what you want to see. So. Um, can't really ask for a whole lot more than that. No, I think it might be the last one or the second to last one. I mean, he's or clearing maybe, the post, or maybe it was extra point. I don't know. When they change holders, um, somebody made a great grab. On the great, grab. it might be the very last one. I'm not. Do you know sure. who the holder was? I thought it was Caleb. Is it not Caleb? I know this is Gannon. Actually, this is Gannon holding right now. I believe that's Gannon. That no, that's Troy. Yeah, here. This might be Gannon. Yeah, that's Gannon. Got it down. Yep. And so, I know, like, that was off schedule there, and it was huge because when they looked at it, um, you know, that that's the kind of play where sometimes it doesn't go exactly as planned right. in the game, but to be able to get it, put it down, Jack still got the kickoff. And mm -hmm. it was still good. That's huge. That's that, huge. That's that's huge. Yeah, it was it was great. So um, you know, good special teams. They didn't do any returns. You know, all the punts right. were fair caught on purpose. They don't want anyone getting hurt there. And that's another thing that came out of yesterday. There were no significant long term injuries. That you know, there were bumps and bruises. Some people got hit a little hard, 
but I don't think there's anyone that's going to miss any time right. as a result of the scrimmage. Now, right, there's a few right. kids banged up from camp and whatnot, right. but I don't think any Wilson players are going to miss the game Friday night against Central Dolphin. So, right. And that's different from the last two years as well. Yes. Which, but also, obviously, a very, very good thing uh, for, for the Wilson football team. So that's the recap, and that's the intro. Last thing we want to cover then is the Central Dolphin team, the Rams. Take a look at them as we uh, get ready to welcome them to Gursky Stadium to kick off the 2019 season. So uh, I think everyone's familiar, for the most part, with Central Dolphin. It's a team that you know has a long history with Wilson. You know, being not a non-Burks, non-LL team, they're a, a squad that Wilson has seen fairly often, and usually the stakes are very high when Wilson plays them. The, yeah. This series kicked off in 2014 as uh, one of the first three games on the schedule for a while. It was game three, now with uh, you know week zero. I think it's funny <laughs> because if you look, there have been a lot of these games, especially with this being the week zero, week one game now, um, that... For the teams, it's either their first game or at least for one of them, it was their last for yeah. a lot of for a lot of the games mm-hmm. because they've met up so many times in yeah. the postseason. So um, I actually think this might be I want to say this could be the 11th meeting between the programs and with the majority of them happening uh, in oh, the last like five years. Yeah. It, any other time Wilson and Central often played, it was always in the playoffs. And actually, I mean, I have an entire page dedicated to this, so. Um, yeah, on bulldoghour.com. Maybe it's the 13th meeting. Yeah, imagine if someone had gone through and grabbed all of the uh, news articles from each time that this happened. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, uh, this is number 11. So, this is number 11. Um, it's the sixth regular season matchup in the series history. And again, it's going to be played at Gursky this Friday, the 23rd. Wilson has not won against Central Dolphin since the sixth game in the series. And that was a district championship game that was played at Hershey Park. Wilson won that one 21 to 10. Uh, and it was the third time the teams met in the district championship game. And it's the first time Wilson beat Central Dolphin in the district championship game. And unfortunately, I have a very personal knowledge to that fact so you're aware huh? i am very much aware of that but yeah wilson hasn't beaten central dolphin since november 29th 2014 yeah. and last year's victory um was the, i believe the first team ever to beat wilson four years in a row when central dolphin yeah. uh beat wilson last year 23 to 7 um you know the games are always hard fought usually very close i think the most lopsided one was back in 1997 in a district semifinal uh, central dolphin beat wilson 44 to nothing but all the other games you know you're talking usually a touchdown ish or less um right. at least into the final moments and, right. and usually the winning team might pull away but they're usually very hotly contested so this is always a fun matchup and i don't see why this year would be any different course the central dolphin head coach is glenn mcnamee uh, he's been there for uh, a long time now and the central dolphin lost in the district championship game last year to harrisburg right. um Who that, went on to play for the state yep they would upset coatesville the next week and then would fall in the state championship game so uh but what do they have but coming honestly, back hung in there in this yeah oh absolutely a lot longer than anyone, anyone yeah. was a- giving them absolutely for. absolutely they did not expect uh well, first they didn't expect Harrisburg to beat Coatesville, and then they right. didn't expect Harrisburg to hang in as long as they did. So uh, Central Dolphin was hit a little bit by graduation. They lost some some key guys are are, are gone now to graduation. Um, you know, among them, uh, the big one was uh, Adam Burkhart. He was kind of the heart and soul of the Central Dolphin team last year. Uh, running back, linebacker. He's off playing in college. Uh, he contributed. You know over 100 yards a game for their offense and was a, a leader on that defense uh, as well. But who do they have coming back? Well, they also lost their quarterback. Um, their quarterback from a year ago is gone. Don't have a lot of uh, returning uh, options there. Uh, it was uh, Noah Hoffman. Uh, he threw for over 1,200 yards, uh, and he ran that uh, – you know that 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 running offense very well, yeah. and uh, added an element to the passing game that that Central Dolphin doesn't always have. 
So where are they going to go? It's a great question. Not sure who it is that's going to step up and be their go-to guy. They have a couple options, I guess, kind of like Wilson had going into the scrimmage. We'll find out Friday evening. Again, I talked about Burkhart and Hoffman moving on. Um, Their third leading rusher also gone, but they do return a few underclassmen to fill in. Um, The biggest name there from a year ago, uh, Malachi Bowman, a receiver, but they do run a lot of lot of sweeps, uh, and you could also expect to see um, Tim Smith and Daniel Thicke, uh possibly get some carries or receptions for them. But someone who I didn't even get to mention yet, the biggest name out there returning for them is their uh, receiver cornerback Nick Cimenti. He is the uh, He's their guy this year. If you want to be able to eyeball someone on the field Friday night, number three, Chimenti, he's the guy uh, that you're going to want to pay attention to. Yeah, it's one of those where, um, you know, we talked about they they did lose, you know, they lost plenty, but I am certain that they will have plenty (laughs) of talent to run out there. Yeah, not that you're suggesting otherwise. It just, um, you know, they, they did lose some of their, some of their guys that you're probably more accustomed to hearing. Um, but they are, um, it's kind of one of those things where you have a good idea of what to expect when, when you go out there on Friday night, um, they're going to line up and they're not going to be a team that's going to shy away from a physical battle. Like central dolphin does not do that, you know? Um, so, and they, and they always, always have the guys to do it. They're going to line up. They're going to, it's one of those situations where, you have a pretty good idea of exactly what they're going to do and they're just going to do it anyway. And they're going to try and do it better um, and not make mistakes. And if you make mistakes, they're going to capitalize. I remember before last year's game, I was talking with someone and they said that the winner of this game is going to be the one that can make sustained drives without mistakes that hurt their offense, right? Because the defense is, uh, were were good enough that it was going to be a problem for either offense right. if they if they make turnovers or have penalties. And in the first half, both teams were a little sloppy. In the second half, um, they got the ball. They kind of got it rolling a little quicker than we were able to last year. Um, and you know, then that forced us to try and have to take some chances. You know how that goes. So like when yep. when that happens, but um, it's just one of those where. I, I think when we look ahead, it's still going to be kind of that same thing, you know, like knowing like the schemes they generally run, knowing how their strength and their, their physicality and all that stuff. Are you able to eliminate those mistakes and be able to kind of do what you want? You know what I mean? Like if they're going to dictate the game, um, you know, the style of game or type of game or anything like that, you know, I'm not saying that Wilson can't be just as physical or just as strong, or right? Because I, I certainly think we can. Um, it's just who, who's going to kind of, kind of be the aggressor. Right. It, it'll be interesting to see. They also are returning uh, Cameron Sasani. Um, he's their leading sack man from a year ago. Elijah Vargas is back. Um, Tyree Smith is back. Excuse me. Um, not Tyree Smith. I, that's Timmy Smith. I'm Tyrese Fuller. My bad. Um, you know, so there's, there's, they're just, they're, they're a high school football program in Pennsylvania. Yeah. They are a, they're as dedicated to the craft as the best teams that we talk about all the time. This is a, a huge matchup. It's one of the marquee matchups across the state for the first game of the season. And, uh, you know, it's a reason a few years ago is, you know, the highlighted game in, you know, rivalry week. It was yeah. Wilson Central Dolphin in uh, week three a couple of years back. So there's a, you know, it's always going to be a battle with Central yeah, it Dolphin. Be interesting. And with, uh, with uh, Wilson not having uh, been on the right side of it for nearly five years. Hopefully, uh, love, love to switch that back around. Right. Hopefully, this team is uh, ready to go, and uh, you know, it, it, Central Dolphin wants to run the ball. Last year, we read all about how strong and physical the line, especially the offensive line, was going to be, and the most of the team came out and laid an egg against Central Dolphin. So now, we're a year later, most of those guys are back. There wasn't a lot of graduation at Wilson. 
and those guys that are going to be the focal point of the offensive defensive line, they're back. They're a year older. You're, you're bigger. You're stronger. Um, unfortunately for Wilson, Central Dolphin returns most of their line. The guys that right. they're replacing are, are your skill sets, uh, although you're losing that big one defensively for them and offensively in Adam Burkhart. But uh, the trenches is where it's won and lost. Last year, Wilson lost. If you want to turn the tide and you want to get back in the right. win column against the Rams, you got to win in those spots. And I think this, these seniors, because remember all five seniors on the offensive or all five guys on the offensive line are seniors. And depending on the alignment they use, and I'd expect them to use the same front four they did last year. They're all seniors as well. You know, th- this is their time to shine. So yeah, time to step up. There's also been a, pl- a, like a singular play in a couple of these games. Uh, the last few times we've played where central dolphin will lure you up, lure you up, Lure you up, throw one over the top. Like, yep. You know, oh, yeah, you cannot get caught sleeping. It, and they've hit it for big plays. And the last few years, it's been to the, the tight end. Time. Right. So, and uh, yeah. And I don't get me wrong. I know we were prepared for it. Um, You can't take a mental break on a play no, because. Because, like I said, they will, they know, like, if they see you starting to cheat, they're going to see it. Because they're they're too good for that, you yep. know. They're going to notice it. Some teams won't pick up on it. Um, you know, we we play some teams where I'm, you know, when I'm up there in the booth or near the booth, and the other team only has like one or two guys up there. Yeah. You know, like, and they can't possibly catch or see everything, or you know, they're doing a million different things. That's not Central Dolphin, right? They're gonna they're gonna catch those tendencies. They're gonna see those things, and and that's um something that. That in the bigger picture, just be be ready every play, um, and it's it's that's hard to do. It's easy to say, hard to do. And it's even harder to do week one. But uh, the challenge is there. But you know what? Like we said with the Parkland thing, this is this is a game where you're going to be tested. You're going to be challenged. Um, but it's a good kind of uh, measurement to see where do you stand week one of the season how you know how, how's this gonna go because it doesn't get any easier from there but um you can get a good idea of where you are uh when you play central dolphin week one because they're a great measuring stick right exactly and and i f- honestly feel like they probably feel the same way because oh yeah um, absolutely you know, they know that outside of the mid pen wilson's one of the top teams that they they can face and, and yeah south central southeastern right. and i think you know, for a while they've played, I don't know if they do this year, but I know they played Mannheim Township in their non-league too the last few years. Yeah, I um, believe they do this so, year too. Yeah, yeah they so, do. So, you know, like there, there is, they go out and they test themselves like Wilson does in their non-league schedule. And, you know, you, you like to see They also play Burks Catholic. Remember we got Right, yeah, that. yeah. It's, it's Wilson, Burks Catholic, Mannheim Township are their first three games. Yeah, so they're, they're they don't shy away from it either. Um, so... Yeah. So anyway, um, well, I mentioned to see. I mentioned that the you know majority of their offensive line is back. You know they got five big big bodies there that Wilson's going to have to counteract if they want to kind of hold the the Rams offense in check. I think three of those five guys, and I'm not sure all of them are seniors, but I think three of the five have collegiate offers to play football at the FCS or Division two level. So I mean they're they're legit guys, and if. Uh, they can give their skill positions time to get ready or to break a play. They're going to, and two of those guys are Bryce Toman, 6'5", 270 pounds, <laughs> and Chad Layton, six two two seventy five, and uh, you know they're back for another year. That that's the thing, the experience, and it's for both teams because Wilson's got three guys back as well, right? And they well, really, they're playing with four guys who have seen significant varsity time. You kind of mentioned it. There was, you know, looking at last year, one team like you know, couldn't get it going. And one team got it going specifically in the second half. And, um, you know, if, if Wilson wants to reverse that, they've, they've got to be the team that minimizes mistakes, uh, plays up to the level that we know they, they can, or that is expected of them. It's hard to say that we know they can, cause it's week one, you know, <laughs> but like, right. but you know, we've seen a lot of these guys and we talked about how much experience there is coming back in some of the key spots. Um, not every spot, but in a lot of the key spots, but yeah, you, the guys who have been there and been in this situation before need to lead the way you talked about lead by example. They talked about lead by example. They need to lead by example and, and, 
hold hold everything down, calm everybody's nerves. I, I you know, the, that wave of emotion of the first Friday night of the football season, you know, all that stuff. Weather that storm, be ready to go, and then uh, hopefully everybody kind of just fills in and to quote our favorite coach, just do your job. Do your job, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, crazy to think about, but Wilson hasn't started the season with a victory since 2016. Now I know that again doesn't sound love that, that long around. ago. You know, it doesn't sound too long ago. But going two years without winning the first game is tough. You know, 2017 Wilson lost at at Mifflin when that was still the first game. They uh, got behind early, fought back. We thought that they were going to tie it and just couldn't finish it off. That was kind of a that was the tale of that 2017. 2017 team at the beginning of the season was uh inability to finish some of the bigger games uh but they came together and they got rolling a little bit yeah. uh and then last year you know we talked about going to central dolphin and not really being in that game after yeah. the you know the first quarter or so they uh they got beat up they got thrown around and there was uh there were some challenges both physically and mental that they had to overcome and again Eventually, Wilson got rolling, and, and, you know, I talked about it with Coach Wolber, that Harrisburg game. Man, I really would like to get rid of that those first, like, six or eight minutes or whatever yep. where they scored 20 points and, you know, well, see where we could have gone without that, that, those issues. I feel like Coach Dom mentioned that in his interview, didn't he, about how just getting off the better starts. Yeah, start fast. Yep. So, well, and whether we're talking about the game or, or the whether season. we're talking about the season, yep. this Friday is the time to do that, so – yeah, well, I'm ready. How about you? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So I don't think we have any other announcements. We kind of covered everything at the beginning. We thank you for turning in for our Parkland scrimmage recap and our Central Dolphin game preview. Real Bulldog football starts Friday night, 7 o'clock, Gursky Stadium. Yeah, come on out. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll see all of you there. And we'll be back next Sunday, August 25th, normal time, 8.30 in the evening, to recap the Central Dolphin game and preview the rivalry game with Governor Mifflin, which will be in Shillington this year. Yep. Yeah, so um, you, it'll be a little bit, you know, we have, I think, week one and week four are home games, right? Yep. Uh, two and three are away. So, um Last I saw, the weather's supposed to be beautiful on Friday. Come on out. It'll be great to have a great crowd Let's keep it that way. It'll be a lot of fun. Come out and support them. The the players really do feed off of that energy. So come out, be loud, show up. Uh, you know, be polite, respectful, and courteous too. But come out and be loud and get get the players behind you because they will absolutely feed off uh, of your energy. Yeah, it so. just makes it more fun for everybody. Too. Absolutely. And the home slate, we said it before, the home slate this year is absolutely amazing. Unbelievable. Central Dolphin, Manheim Central, Manheim Township, Warwick, Lancaster, McCaskey. You know, you've got big-time programs. You've got traditional rivalries. You've got great stuff happening at Gursky this year. So I think that's about it. Anything else to add? Uh, no. All right. <laughs> so uh, for the Wilson football program, he's Justin Raffoff. I'm Joe Mays. And remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.